Hey legends, welcome along to a new episode of Hellmouth Hotline. I am your host, the most inconsistent podcaster in the history of the platform, Rodney Stewart, and we're getting into another little chat about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We are going through the uh, episodes on a weekly basis here, well supposed to be. On a weekly basis, we're actually in the season three right now, episode eleven, uh, an episode called Gingerbread. Now, this one here, I the big thing that I took from this episode is to never, ever make assumptions in anything. Check it out and watch it, and uh, you'll either like it or absolutely detest it. Now, this one here, I was convinced going into it. This is going to be a terrible episode, and uh, it actually wasn't. I actually, by the end of this here, I genuinely loved this episode. So good. Um, maybe not the quickest episode or the most action-packed episode you'll get in the run of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but fantastic nonetheless. This one here, Buffy's on patrol at the beginning of the episode. Spoilers before we go any further. These... Podcast episodes tend to be very spoilerific, so if you are, and it's going to be hard to find someone at this point in history that hasn't seen Buffy or knows anything about it, but if you haven't actually sat down and watched the series yourself and know the material, like you're going to be, you know, you're going to have most of the information by the end of this episode for the episode we're talking about, but it is what it is, so if you don't want to know any more about it, disappear off now go check out the series yourself and by all means come back and hang out with me after the afterwards um this is an, an a horror appreciation channel after all and you might say buffy's not much horror but it is it's based on the classic horrors but uh covering old ground right here <laughs> let's get into it uh i'm not going to edit that out because i don't have time this episode has got a lot of uh, Joy Summers in this one at the beginning of the episode she is still trying to come to terms with Buffy being the Slayer and she decides that she should go out and join her while she's patrolling and she brings her a snack and everything doing the whole mother deal and Buffy gets attacked by a vampire of course and uh, Joyce is more of a distraction than anything else but Buffy Chases after the vampire, eventually kills it. But while she's gone, Joyce discovers two dead bodies and they're very, very young children. And uh, she freaks out. Buffy's freaked out. Uh, the kids have this symbol painted onto their hand. And uh, at school the next day, Buffy shows Giles the symbol. Uh, you know, the police come cordon off the area. Question Buffy and her mother and whatnot, and uh, Buffy remembers the symbol that was on the hand of the dead children, and uh, she says that you know the police is trying to cover this up, but I can remember it. She writes it down or draws it for him, and uh, he tells her that demons don't use symbols, and that it is no doubt occult related. Uh, this angers Buffy beyond belief. She's like. Uh, what are you trying to tell me that someone with an actual soul did this and she's like you know if you're looking for your books for how to find whoever it is is doing this find a loophole where 
snares aren't allowed to kill humans. So she is, you know, beyond angry at this point. At lunch, later on in the day, Buffy tells the Scooby gang about the two kids that was murdered and her mother actually shows up in the school and announces that there will be a, a vigil held at City Hall that night. Uh, many of the concerned parents attend the vigil. Now, Buffy, she's like, you know, she says to her mother, well, whenever we're trying to deal with this sort of thing, we like to keep the amount of people that know about it to a minimum. So, Joyce uh, is like, you know, maybe in, there won't be a lot of people show up. But the place is packed with parents that night. The mayor shows up to give support to the loss of these kids. Although he's obviously just saving face. Because we all know who he is and what he's up to in this series. Um, Willow's mother turns up. Um, there was a thing I'm pretty sure that I said at one point in, earlier on in these reviews of Buffy. Was the fact that you never actually see Willow's mother. Now I may have forgotten any prior appearances by her mother but uh, for me and I think this was the first episode where she actually turns up and they do kind of play into that a little bit in this episode as well and then she turns up and she says to, she compliments Willow on her hairstyle you've cut your hair up you kind of suit it and Willow's like yeah it was just a snap decision I made like months ago more or less so she's a, one of these mothers that's out there working all the time she's never home with her kid, uh, the father, the same, but well, it was obviously living the life of a a teenager that's been well kept as far as parenting goes. But they're never there, and they do kind of get into that a wee bit. Uh, the mayor gets up, says a few words before he uh, announces Joyce to come up. The woman who brought everybody together tonight. She was to go up and make a speech, uh, you know, for to take a moment of silence and memory of these two kids. But uh, she changes her mind up there and she gives a speech about how the people of Sunnydale must take back their city from the monsters, witches and slayers. And uh, Buffy and Giles and the rest of the gang, they're sort of shocked that she's dropped the word slayers as well. Um... Yeah, this could be potentially trouble going forward in their books. Um, later on, back at the school, all the school lockers, they're searched for witch-related material. And uh, Jade's occult books are seized by the police. And Amy and Willow are taken to Principal Snyder's office for question, questioning them. Now, just prior to this, there is a sequence where you see a group of witches around this they're, they're putting this spell together and they've got all this witchcraft stuff out there and it's really built up to be something sinister and the the camera pans up at the last second and you see Willow as part of this group of witches that's concocting this spell and uh, prior to the lockers been searched uh, Buffy realises that there is uh a piece of paper among Willow's stuff in school that has the symbol on it 
that was found in the hands of the two dead kids and she's like what the heck is going on here like you know this is the symbol that was on the dead children and well I was like you know what this is a harmless symbol I was using it for like a protection spell for you but now that you know about it it's broken but uh Yes, so it's it gets into some interesting territory in this episode where, you know, it tries to, you know, give you the old bait and switch at one point and you're kind of, for a swift second, you're kind of thinking, is Willow going to turn bad? But uh, that'll happen in due course. But uh, yes... At Buffy's home, Joyce forbids Buffy to see Willow anymore, and it's the same, Willow's house, her mother forbids Willow to see Buffy, grounds her, and she also, Buffy's mother also takes credit for the locker searches and states that Buffy's slam does Sunnydale no good, um, Buffy walks out, you know, she's trying to argue the case that, you know, the next time that the the world's going to be sucked into hell and the anti-hell sucking books aren't in the library anymore what the heck are we going to do then sort of deal but uh, as she leaves the ghosts of the two dead children appear to Joyce and tell her that she has to hurt the bad people the way they hurt us back at the park where the two kids was found uh, Buffy's walking along Angel pops up out of nowhere as he's known to do and they have a bit of a heart to heart about everything that's going on and he convinces her not to give up fighting and uh, you know it's not about winning essentially we fight because it's what we're we're supposed to do and uh, we may never win but we have to be there to stand up for what's right more or less that's why I like the character of Angel so much he is uh, you know he's one of those people that is, has that dark, dark, dangerous side of course but he also has the strength most of the time to do what needs to be done and uh, yes, which is why I as much as I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer I think I prefer the standalone Angel series over the top of it and once we get to the end of season 3 and Buffy and he leaves, we're going to start doing that on a Wednesday on this podcast so if you were into that show Look forward to that there, and if you've never seen it, again, go start watching it now, because we will be hanging out on Wednesdays and have a little chat about it on the show. Anyway, during the course of the conversation, uh, Angel makes a passing remark about the children and their parents, and uh, Buffy is struck by the thought that they, the children's parents were never seen or mentioned throughout everything that's happened so far. And the fact that no one knows the children's names, which is weird. That it's not, and actually just watching the episode at that point, and it kind of hit chase like everything that's happening, all the material that they have created. You know, the, the parents get together and start this group against the occult, more or less, and raid the school, raid the lockers, take out all these books and whatnot. And they've got all this material, posters and whatnot, made for the kids, with never again written on it with two with a photograph of the two kids together and uh, yes there's never any mention of the the two kids names and the parents at no point are ever mentioned or seen and uh, I actually missed that 
Uh, so, the, you know, the episode does a good job at that whole bait and switch sort of thing. It keeps your interest somewhere and keeps you away from the the truth that something that should have happened didn't happen. So uh, it's a great, great little episode for that as well. Um, in the library, uh, Buffy puts us to Giles and the rest of them. You know, did we ever see the parents? Do we know who the parents are? Do we know where these kids came from? Do we know their names and whatnot? But having no books there anymore to research, Giles is trying to use the internet and a computer, which isn't going well. And uh, yes, uh, Oz turns up. And they're like, you know, if Willow was here, she would know what sites to use in the internet, to use a computer to find out whatever we need to find out. And uh, nobody at this point, now you have to remember that this was the days of early internet like I know these days in this sort of situation you would just jump onto your smartphone and you would get somebody on the other side of the planet on screen to talk to you can do it at any point in time that's just the norm now but back whenever this show first came out it was the early days of the internet and it was more chat rooms than anything else video calls weren't really a thing at this point so Oz, using the internet, connects Willow onto uh, a text chat, essentially, and they've connected the, the two computers through the network in there. Willow's doing the research, throwing everything over to them in the library so that they can see what's happening. And they learn that uh, every 50 years throughout history, the murdered bodies of two nameless children have been found, resulting and peaceful communities been torn apart by a vigilante chaos and uh, you see all these articles on the screen from 50 years back it's the same photograph the same two kids the further back in time they go they get into drones you know before cameras and photographs and you see this is obviously the exact same two children so there's something highly supernatural happening at this point the earliest record did it back to germany during 1649 where a clergy from the black forest discovered the corpses of hans and greta strauss and uh, of course as soon as i said hans and greta strauss it's just hit you and it's just whenever it hit me in the episode I was kind of thinking okay we're hitting the real cheesy mark here but it has to be said I've said it countless times before cheese actually sells if you want something to be remembered for all time throw a good dose of cheese on it Sharknado perfect example the worst movie ever made nobody's ever going to forget about it uh, anyway um, yes uh, this clergy back in 1649 the Black Forest discovers the corpses of Hans and Gretel Strauss which inspired the fairy tale of Hansel and Gretel Jades explains that certain demons thrive on watching humans destroy each other uh, through persecution and ignorance and according to Jades this is what set off the, the Salem witch trials as well similar sort of situation demon jumped on there uh, turned everybody's against each other essentially and destroyed a community of people that were accused of witchcraft and the majority of them were innocent uh, if not all of them <laughs> Jays and Buffy 
they're knocked out by chloroform very soon after this by Joyce and her friends. They've actually been twisted by the ghost of these two kids that much that the parents uh, at the, the behest of these two dead kids are going to take the ones that they think are witches and burn them at the stake essentially and they say to do that and uh, I can't remember the actual setting I was going to say the library but it wasn't the library it was part of the school anyway um, they take Amy, Willow and Buffy to uh, City Hall that's where it was at they take them to City Hall the centre of power and Sunnydale and they set them up and they're going to the time to these posts and all the there's certain to be all these books and they set fire to the books they're going to burn them as witches and uh, yes uh, Cordelia finds Giles unconscious wakes him and they rush to City Hall Buffy wakes up and her mother lights books on fire in front of her sentencing the three girls to death by burning at the stake Amy um, this character now I th- Amy uses whatever witchcraft she knows at this point to escape and she transforms herself into a rat and escapes disappears off now I'm trying to think is this the same Amy that comes back maybe next season or two seasons down the line there is a Eventually Willow gets into a gay relationship with a girl called Amy And I'm pretty sure it's the same character But a different actor playing her But we'll get to that in due course But uh, yes, she disappears off We don't see her for the rest of the episode Boom, magic spell Rat, off she goes Leaving the rest of them still tied up Um, Where are we at in my notes? Uh at City Hall, Cordelia uses a fire hose to put the burning stacks books out. Uh, the two children, they're they're there, and uh, they transform into a large demon, which charges at Buffy. Just as she breaks her breaks the stake, she's tied to to escape, and uh, she uses it to impale the demon and kills him. And uh, yes, <laughs> just a little bit of. Comedy to uh, close out this episode. Uh, Xander and a why am I blanking on his name right now? I was talking about him Oz earlier on. Uh, yes, uh, Oz and Xander. Sorry, Oz and Xander. There is awkward moments between the two of them throughout this episode. Uh, because of what happened prior to everything that's happening right now, whenever Xander and Willow had the kiss and whatnot, so they're uh, trying to be friends, but it's awkward. And uh, at the end of the episode, they're actually they couldn't get into City Hall into the main the main hall where the the girls were going to be killed, and they get up onto the the ducts up in the roof space to try and work our way across and bust in that way so there's a little bit of comedy at the end of the episode even with the way Buffy takes out the demon 
at the end of the episode where she's like, she bends over by, almost by complete accident, kills this demon. And she's like, did I get him? Did I get him? Sort of thing. And just as she says that, the roof bursts open, crashing down to the floor. There's Xander and Oz. So, uh, yes, everything's back to normal. By the end of the episode, it's one of these situations where the parents are going to just pretty much forget everything that's happened and uh, go back into the, den- the denial that they've been living in up to this point. At the end of the episode, Buffy and Willow play with Amy, the rat, and they're looking for a way to restore the human form. They try a spell, and it fails. And, uh, yes, <laughs> Buffy's like, maybe we should get her one of those little wheels to run on. So this is going to be an ongoing thing for the character of Amy for a while. She's going to be stuck in the form of a rat, essentially. So, um, yes, um, what was I was going to say here, um, yeah. So the mothers, of course, have forgotten about what happened. Uh, they're back in the denial. But uh, Willow's mother remembers Willow said she was dating Oz and uh, he has to be invited for dinner. So that's where we close off the episode. This one here was absolutely fantastic. And it still blows me away how long ago this show came out. I say that quite a bit in these reviews because in 1999, this was the original air date was January 12th, 1999. That doesn't seem that long ago for me. I was. I left high school in 1995, so I was getting out into the real world and uh, getting ready to make some huge, huge life choices that probably weren't the best for me, but uh, <laughs> everything's worked out well in the end. Um, this was directed by James Whit- Whitmore Jr. Uh, the story is by Jane Eppinson. Uh, Thanian St. John, hope I say that name right, and uh, absolutely fantastic. And again, whenever you get to that point where they're, they actually find out that uh, it's all based on the the people, Hans and Greta Strauss, that inspired the, the fairy tale of Hansel and Gretel, you're kind of thinking, oh, cheese, but again, cheese isn't a bad thing. Uh... Yes, I did enjoy this episode. I can't wait to get into some more of it. I can't believe watching it back now. Like, I've seen everything right through at this point. But originally, when this was out, and at that time in my life, I was insanely busy in my own life. Uh, at that stage, I was just getting... This was pre-marriage. So I was dating. I was working full-time. All that sort of stuff. And after the incredible season two of Buffy, uh, getting into season three was going to be a real difficult one to follow up season two. Like They really were up against it with this season. And for me, back then when it originally aired, I fell off. I did fall off for a long time. I only kind of dabbled every once in a while. If I came across one of the shows and it was on, I would sit down and watch it, but I wasn't watching it regular after season two. So to sit down now, play them back for this podcast, I'm actually having a ball with it. Loving it. So, uh, yes. Once again, guys, I need to stop punching my hands.
why I'm doing this because it's just it's probably annoying your happiness on the other end of the audio but uh, yes uh, highly recommend getting into the series and the spin-off Angel so you're getting uh, a lot of uh, warning time right here like we're probably this is episode 11 uh, I want to say there was 20 episodes in this season or 22 episodes in this season perhaps so you've got quite a while to actually, if you've never seen Angel, the spin-off show, to go and check it out at least so you know the episodes before you listen to this podcast. Because uh, I spoil the crap out of it. I absolutely love it and adore it. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, hopefully this is me back to the regular upload schedule. Everything just went to hell there for about a month and a half to two months. So uh, yes. It's all good. We're back and we're going to do this as often as we can. So guys, until the next episode, stay safe and I'll talk to you all then. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening. 